All right, everyone, what's going on? It's Pat here. Have a fun episode with Matei Sis from 24-7 Sports, VT Scoop, an esteemed member of the class of 2017. Shout out, Matei. I enjoyed having you on this evening after we uh, got to view the ACC schedule get released. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, programming update... We have some softball content. Uh, Grayson ran an interview uh, that we'll be putting out. Uh, looks like we'll be putting out uh, early next week for Virginia Tech softball, a potential top 10 uh, program here. Uh, you guys remember the incredible season they had last year, looking to ride that momentum uh, moving forward. Billy Ray has some cool interviews queued up as well, uh, coming at different angles of Virginia Tech athletics. And we will also be doing a few interviews uh, with some current and former NFL Hokies uh, over the next few weeks. So get excited for that as well. And before we jump into the interview, we got to let you know about our guy, Dr. Lord Jeremy, King Jeremy, Jeremy Counts of the Main Street Pharmacy. Uh, the Main Street Pharmacy proudly sponsors the Sons of Saturday podcast. And Dr. Jeremy, talk about a guy who loves Virginia Tech, loves Hokie Nation, students, faculty, uh, residents of Blacksburg. He treats you like a neighbor, not a number. When you head on down to the Main Street Pharmacy, whether it's just to pop in and get a prescription, uh, get some Gatorade, you know, any anything that you could find at any other pharmacy, head on down to the Main Street Pharmacy. It's just a better pharmacy. You know, this is run by a Hokie who cares about you and really wants the best for you and the Blacksburg and New River Valley community alike. So head on down to Main Street Pharmacy, grab a Sons of Saturday t-shirt and uh, a Sons of Saturday flag and, you know, look forward to, to football season. Jeremy's always got this stuff, uh, whether it's pins, buttons, stickers, all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, shout out to our guy. All right, let's roll into this interview. Thanks, Matei. Go Hokies. Everybody, Monday, January 31st, 8.47 p.m. Just turned the TV off, was on the ACC Network, getting the scoops, hearing who we're playing this year, hearing when we're playing this year, and uh, we're all pretty excited. And I, you know, before the week started, I said, hey, Matei, I see that Monday night at 7 o'clock, they're announcing the schedule. Do you want to come on? Chat about the Hokies 2022 campaign for a little bit. And McTay, what did you say? I said, let's do it. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, welcome back to the Sons of Saturday. My name is Pat Finn. Coming at you live from Tampa, Florida. That's right. New location. Um, on the move here this week. Staying in the domain of Danny Facina down here. Shout out Uncle Dan. McTay, where are you calling in from right now? 
I'm in Washington, D.C., where it is a nice 20 degrees tonight. Can't go outside, but I know the weather is probably much better in Tampa Bay. So uh, very envious of your location right now. You know, I'm, I'm here for a couple more days. Hopefully we uh going to go out for a nice long run tomorrow. Maybe we'll see Coach Arians, you know, just or Tom. Through. Ask Tom what he's up to. <laughs> we can do that, too. We went to Gasparilla on Saturday and. Tom Brady announced his retirement on Saturday. Just kidding. He did not announce his retirement. People are talking. There's rumors out there in the Twitter sphere. Everyone's like, what's he doing? What's he doing? No one really knows. But I don't know if you saw this, Matei. I'm sure you follow him on Instagram like I do. But um, he's using this opportunity to promote his clothing line. I don't know if you've noticed that. You go to Tom Brady. He's got the Instagram story up. And He's just reposting his his clothing line uh, with no context, nothing out. I don't I don't think he's tweeted or anything, but um, pretty solid uh, marketing placement right there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he's been doing it all year. Like he knows he's coming to the end. He's he's signed on for like all these betting websites and everything. And uh, you know, if there's an opportunity to promote himself, absolutely take advantage retirement you know at 44 or 45 there's a lot of years left in that guy's life he doesn't eat sugar uh he doesn't enjoy the same uh things that we do he's a very healthy guy he has a long life he's gonna need all that money to enjoy life with giselle that's some serious uh analytics right there and uh yeah retirement 101 with Matei sis from 24 7 sports bt scoop <laughs> So, and and here's my take on Tom Brady. I don't think he's retiring. I think he's coming back for another year. I think you can't have a season like that. What do you have, like 45 touchdowns and 4,000 yards? You can't have a season like that and hang it up. It's a hot take. It is a hot take. I think I think he's done it all. There's nothing left to prove. I know he's competitive, but looks like that team is going to slowly get rid of some key pieces. So we'll see if he wants to stick around for another year. But now seems like the perfect time to just ride off into the sunset. They're saying Aaron Rodgers to Tampa Bay. That's what. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Matei is a longtime Green Bay Packers fan. What would you think of that? I mean, I, I don't want to see Aaron in another jersey. I'm I'm seeing the Denver Broncos. I'm I'm seeing all these photoshopped jerseys on top of my guy. No one wants to see that. You never, you never want to watch someone that's played in one jersey. I mean, it's the same thing with Tom, right? And it eventually happened, but you know, it's a tough time to be a Green Bay Packer fan. Hey, if I ever saw Eli Manning or Derek Jeter in another uniform, I would have gotten you know pretty bent out of shape too. So I guess we'll see what happens. But <laughs> let's roll into the schedule here. Well, first of all, let's talk about the production. What do we think of ACC Network? rolling it out tonight you know my first impression was the show starts at seven o'clock they got this goofy thing jim phillips comes on he says hey guys i have the schedule like don't worry (laughs) i was like all right like this is kind of goofy but they talked about week one for like a solid five minutes and i was just like here we go yeah, I mean, the show this time around, first of all, it was at night. Normally, it's like last year it was Thursday morning at like 9 a.m. I'm pretty sure it was on Packer and Durham. And 
that production was about like 30 minutes. This one was scheduled for two hours. Most people checked out. I think they were, they finally went through all the weeks after about an hour with three commercial breaks. Uh, but they made sure to do multiple bits where they would take some of the guys on set, go over towards like one of their iPad stands or something and just drag and drop opponents revealing who they're going to play each week. And it just, it was, it took too much time and they wanted to talk about all the games as they were popping up. But, you know, I'm, I, this world is so instant that it would just be better to receive the whole schedule, digest it as fast as humanly possible. And then, you know, they can shine and talk about it. And if you want to stick around, watch the entire show, they can break down all the matchups, but we just, we came there to see the Virginia tech schedule took us about an hour. Uh, there were a few curveballs, I got to say, uh, which was interesting to see them unveiled week by week. Um, but yeah, overall, I would, I would much rather the, the format from last year, as opposed to this one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with these select, not, not even selection shows, but, um, you know, whether it's a schedule reveal or, I mean, we've seen countless college football playoff rankings where they just, you know, rank the top, the top four, the top six and, and how much, um, you know, people just spend time watching that. Think of like over the course of the season, how much time you spend watching the Tuesday night college football playoff rankings. And it's just like, you know, this could have been an email, right? Um, the same goes for announcing the NCAA tournament field, but I think when they do the NCAA tournament field, like, I love it. I love how there's suspense, you know, because it's a selection show and it's not like a schedule, a schedule shouldn't, shouldn't have any suspense. Um, but yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad they have their fun on AC network. I like the guys on the, uh, on the TV, but um, I'm glad we got our schedule. So we got 12 games, six home, six away. Matei, what we'll do here, I'm going to run down the list and uh, we don't need to jump too deep into these games, but you know, just give me one, two, three, however many thoughts you have about this game that just come off the top of your head, um, you know, and uh, see what we have to be excited for. So, First game, Old Dominion on September 2nd or 3rd. What are, what are we thinking here uh, heading back to Norfolk? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a trip to the 757, which I think is really important for Virginia Tech and especially Brent Pry and his staff. This was obviously one of those games that you would imagine that Virginia Tech would be heavy favorites. Obviously, we all know what happened last time they went down there and played Old Dominion. But I'm really hoping this actually ends up on September 3rd. I know there's a lot of marquee games, but it's very important to get some of those prospects from high schools that might be playing on a Friday night. They wouldn't be able to see the coaching staff. They wouldn't be able to see the game uh, to get them to come out on a Saturday and really see the team that, you know, they're being recruited by. Uh, There's a lot of talent in the 757 this cycle, and I think, it would be a tremendous opportunity to not only win, obviously that's the focus. That's, you know, that's Brent Pry's first game as the Virginia tech head coach, but also in addition to that, um, just to get some of that talent to watch the team play. So it's always fun. I think it's fun to have uh, two in-state 
schools going up against each other and especially one that, you know, joined, joined the level not too long ago, but uh, definitely it would be, you know, a big, a big moment for Brent Pry to get his first win in the books in the first week of the season and get some talent to watch the team that, you know, they could potentially put the Jersey on for. This is a, a big time spotlight game. And so many Hokie fans kind of shudder at the old dominion going on the road. You know, we remember, I think it was September 22nd, 2018. And that was for a lot of people um, kind of the, not the, that was the first domino of coach Fuente's demise was the old dominion game. Um, I don't know much about old dominion this upcoming year. I know that Dwight Galt, the fourth, our new strength coach comes from old dominion. And I also know that Blake LaRussa is not walking through that door uh, you know, behind center for the Monarchs. So <laughs> hopefully uh, all of Hokie Nation will be watching on September 2nd and September 3rd and or September 3rd uh, for that game. Coach Pry makes his debut in Lane Stadium against Boston College on September 10th, the following Saturday. This is going to be an interesting matchup just because, I mean, Boston College <laughs> – this isn't the uh, the Foo's demise podcast, but we we all watched on Friday night of us playing, you know, November sixth at BC this past year, and like just a, a game where it really just seemed like there was a lot of quit uh, from our side of the field. Um, but you got Phil Dracovic coming back; he's going to be an NFL prospect this year. You know, potential red bandana game. Uh, I don't know if Boston College would do red bandana uniforms on the road. I think they did some kind of tribute last year um, because the game was played on September 11th. But how excited are you to be in Blacksburg? Are you going to Blacksburg for this one, Coach Price, first game? I mean, you got to, right? It's it's the start of a new era. And, you know, this is going to be a great game. Boston College is definitely one of those sleeper teams, I think, in the Atlantic. And I think it's going to be the first true test to see how good this – first year edition of the Brent Pry Virginia Tech roster will be um, always, you know, playing an ACC opponent in week two. It's a big moment. It's, it's crucial for the rest, you know, we'll get into it the rest of the schedule, but this is kind of one of those like 50, 50, the way I think about it right now, 50, 50 games. And I think it's really important. Obviously you want to get a win at all costs, but especially in your first game inside lane stadium, uh, a huge occasion, and I'm I'm excited to see that crowd. I'm hopeful that it's not like a 12 p.m. game, but you know, a nice 3:30 or something like that on a Saturday to watch Coach Pry. Hopefully, they have a nice ceremony or something, uh, you know, to celebrate Virginia Tech opening up in Lane Stadium. But definitely super excited for that one. Yeah, you got to figure that either this game or the Wofford game the following week. Uh, they might have white effect written all over them, you know, September game, everyone wears the white t-shirt. Whenever I think of white effect and some of the best white effect games, and I've, I've ranted on this podcast in the past about my disdain for white effect. But um, I think of the, the 2016 Boston college game where we wore the white uniforms and we beat them 49, nothing. And if we were able to do that again uh, this year, we'd be pretty excited, but um 
you know, I, I think so as far as getting out of week two, two and oh would be massive um, with this Boston College team because they are one of the better teams on our schedule this year. Wofford, we don't really need to get into this one too much. Um, don't know too much about Wofford's football program, but, um, you know, the Mike Young Bowl, uh, we could, people are calling it on the internet. The big one here and the big curveball of the night was West Virginia, Thursday night game, September 22nd. How excited are you for this one? I mean, every year when you look at the schedule, I think there's one game that just jumps off the page, jumps off the schedule, and this has to be that one. West Virginia on a Thursday night inside Lane Stadium. I don't love that it's five days after Wofford, regardless of what happens in that game. You know, maybe you rest your starters in the second half if it's that type of game, but regardless, getting five days prep, even less than that, like four days prep to West Virginia who once again seems to be like a pretty solid team. I mean, it's going to be such an atmosphere inside Lane Stadium. This is kind of the game that I'm circling. I think everyone is circling for, for, you know, I need to get my hotel reservations on lock as soon as possible. So, um, yeah, West Virginia, the Black Diamond Trophy, obviously, you know, it didn't end well last year. We all remember what happened late in the game. The comeback fell short. Uh, but this is going to be a big one. And, you know, what an opponent to have at home on a Thursday night. It just reminds me of the Big East. You know, you get West Virginia coming to Virginia Tech on a Thursday night in September, which is, I feel like, I mean, I'd have to look back at the old schedules, but I feel like when Tech would host Thursday games and it was a big game, it usually been, you know, mid to late October and early November. Um, so a little bit of a twist there, but um, this one screams Big East all over. At Carolina, October 1st, Hokies seeking revenge in Keenan Stadium from the last time we went there in 2020. Um, I think that'll be a, a, a massive game for, for Tech fans to go to as well. Um, you know, our first big away game um, after – after a three-game homestand and really just um, the middle of the meat and potatoes of our schedule, you know, because, I mean, just looking at it, West Virginia on Thursday night, you get a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, more rest for Carolina and then at Pitt and then Miami at home. I mean, this is definitely the toughest part of the schedule too. But what are your thoughts on the Carolina game on the road on October 1st? Yeah, I'm fascinated by Carolina. I think, you know, anyone would say they have all the talent in the world and they haven't materialized into to much. You know, they had Sam Howell, who's going to be gone, who's going to be the signal caller there. Um, you know, they have Josh Downs that, you know, ran circles at times against Virginia Tech last year. Um, it's crazy to think that that was the first game of the season last year. It feels like it was almost two years ago that Virginia Tech played UNC by the way that they won. And you know, how the rest of the season went, but um, it's going to be a huge game once again. And, you know, this is kind of that stretch, West Virginia, UNC, Pitt, Miami, like these are four of the toughest games on the schedule, if not the toughest games. Uh, and so, you know, that UNC, that's a crucial, crucial uh, road environment to, to possibly, you know, take a win and feel good about that stretch. 
Uh, UNC has a lot of question marks, but they also have a ton of talent. So we'll see what happens in their first few weeks. They have a tough go at it too. They're playing Notre Dame uh, and then Miami after Virginia Tech. So uh, knowing, you know, there's, there's a lot of complaints about, you know, that one stretch for Virginia Tech, but UNC has it just as bad. Honestly, this four-game stretch is kind of just the stretch of hate, I think. You know, you talk to any Virginia Tech fan, other than UVA, I mean, these are four of the top probably five or six programs that Tech fans hate. West Virginia, Carolina, Pittsburgh, uh, Miami. At Pittsburgh, October 8th, Tech uh, in 2018, we lost to Pitt. In 2020, we got destroyed. I guess we got destroyed in both of those games, quite frankly. Revenge match uh, up in Pittsburgh. I mean, they they came into Blacksburg and took our lunch and ate our cookies uh, last year as well. No Kenny Pickett though, but they do have the transfer coming in. Who who who's the guy? Uh, who's the guy that? Kendon Slovis. 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 Yeah. He should be talented. They're going to return talent on both sides of the ball. Um, <laughs> the House of Horrors. Can Brent Pry get a win at Heinz Field? Is uh, I mean, I think he can steal steal the hearts and minds of all Hokie Nation if he can go into Heinz Field and come out one and zero. Penn State, Pennsylvania rivalry too. You know, you got to have that uh, have that little factoid in there too. Now, Mateo, what do you think about Miami as far as uh, this October 15th game? Does this look like a homecoming game? Does this look like a maroon effect game? Right in the middle of the schedule, Miami comes to town on October 15th. I feel like it's got to be the homecoming game. You have a you have an open week the following week. Um, you know, it's in October. The next opportunity to play at home is in uh, at November 5th against Georgia Tech and you know, this is kind of, again, this is the end of that grueling stretch, the four-game stretch, and it's Miami. You're going to bring everyone back in town. It's going to be a packed house no matter, you know, what has transpired to this point in the season. Um, I, it's all the effects. You know, it's everything. This is, you know, if it's not West Virginia on a Thursday, you can't get work off. You can't find a hotel. You're coming in for Saturday on October 15th. So then we get the bye. The bye is October 22nd. So, you know, if you're getting married in 2022, you haven't set the date yet, but you think, you know, all right, some venues might have some dates open on October 22nd. That's the date you want to choose right there. Uh, hashtag no fall weed. Excuse me. Hashtag no fall weddings except the bye week. October 22nd is your opportunity to kick your feet up and, uh, you know, get some stuff done around the house, you know, maybe rake some leaves. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's your week off. So the following week, Thursday, October 27th, the second Easter egg of the schedule here, uh, that popped up two Thursday night games. Uh, this one's at NC state. Hokies go to Carter Finley stadium for the first time since 2010. Is that right? So that was the uh, that was the David Wilson halftime or out of halftime kick return for a touchdown. Tyrod had a great comeback uh, and we won 41-30. That's going to be a fun one. I think, uh, I mean, NC State's one of those stadiums that I've never been to. I've always wanted to go to a game there. NC State's kind of a, 
a fan base that's a little similar to Virginia Tech in some ways, too. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked for that one. Yeah, for a lot of reasons, this is another big game. <laughs> I feel like the past five we've been talking about have all been big games. Luckily, they're going to have a bye week. By this point in the season, I really don't know what Virginia Tech's record is going to be like, but playing at NC State, that's a destination I've always wanted to go to. I think that's probably going to be the biggest away game in terms of atmosphere. Um, and, you know, on a Thursday night, yet again, two Thursday night games in one year. Um, that's a big one. NC State's a really good team. Uh, they should be good next year as well. And, you know, again, Charlie Wiles down there. It's, uh, you know, each game has some significance one way or another. And um, this, this is going to be a fun one. Again, going to North Carolina multiple times. Uh, three times visiting North Carolina. So they're not traveling too far, but they are going to North Carolina quite a lot. And then we finish it up with the final third of the schedule. We could call this the easier third or the easiest third. We can call this the boring third, but I don't really think there's that many storylines here from these next four games. Um, You know, definitely the first eight games is the biggest challenge on our calendar, but uh, we kick things off November 5th against Georgia Tech at home. We go to Duke on November 12th. This one I thought was interesting. We go to Liberty on November 19th. I thought that game would have been in you know September or October. And then we finish it up, uh, battle for the Commonwealth Cup in Lane Stadium against University of Virginia on November 26th, which is a Saturday. Um, I know that game has been on Friday. It's been on Saturday, but um, Thanksgiving weekend, wrapping up rivalry week there. But hey, any anything jump off the page of these last four games? It'd be great to go undefeated in November. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you look at these last four games, I think you would like to have some of these opponents kind of like sprinkled throughout the year. Um, it, it, worst case scenario, I think Virginia Tech is what two and six at this point, which is like very worst case scenario. So maybe it's the tune up to make a bowl game. Uh, if it's not that, at least it's a tune up for you know all the guys on the roster. They should be favorites in most of these games. UVA will obviously be a close one as it is every single year, but you know, Liberty should have a down year uh, after losing Malik Willis and. You know, Duke is figuring things out with a new head coach. Georgia Tech hasn't been great. Um, so definitely looking to go at least, you know, three or four, if not four or four in November. Would be great. Avenge the Liberty loss. Um, you know, Duke's figuring things out. Georgia Tech loses Jameer Gibbs. UVA brings back Brennan Armstrong, but Brennan Armstrong did not have a great day in Lane Stadium uh, two years ago now. So, Matei, I'm looking at this calendar. I'm looking at this schedule. I see 12 games, six at home, six on the road. I know I feel like we've had a lot of seasons in the, over the past few years where we have seven home games and six on the road or uh, and five on the road. So now I'm like, huh, I just renewed my season tickets, and we're only getting six home games. Also bought a parking pass. Um, but... What Hokie fans should know, if they're from the DMV, if they're from Roanoke or Richmond or, you know, even the 276 or out in the 757, a lot of games are accessible this year, whether it's at Liberty, 
at Old Dominion. You know, those are two in-state games. You know, coming across the border in North Carolina, playing at Duke, playing at NC State, and playing at UNC. And then go up to Pittsburgh, Steel City. Uh, I think Pittsburgh might be the furthest that uh, Virginia Tech will be traveling this year. So we got 12 games. 11 of those 12 games are being played in the state of Virginia or the state of North Carolina. And then you have your, uh, your outlier at Pittsburgh, but I'm going to, we're going to play a little game here where I we probably tackled a lot of these over the past few minutes, but I'm going to say something kind of like a, a category. We're going to categorize these 12 games and uh, you're going to tell me which game comes to mind first. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right. Matei understands the assignment, as they say. Um, which game will the Sons of Saturday complain on the podcast about students leaving at halftime? It's got to be Wofford. I think, you know, it's a warm September day. The game should be over by halftime. Um, you know, it's it's going to be the second game of, of Brent Pry and Virginia Tech inside Lane Stadium. And, you know, there's no better time than, you know, those late September, early October games inside Lane Stadium. But everyone's going to be like, well, we're going to do this all again next week on a Thursday night against West Virginia. Might as well, you know, go to Tots, go to Sharkies, you know, uh, study. I don't even know. But <laughs> I think that's the game that most people will leave at halftime, because if it is what we're all thinking it is right now, you know, that one should get out of hand by halftime. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the students are flooding out the gates. I sure hope so. Um, <laughs> and not, not, you know what I mean by that. Um, which game does Billy Ray get, spend more time getting Bud Light than watching the actual game? That's a tough one. Um, I could see it being West Virginia in case, you know, there's a West Virginia fan around him or maybe just the, the, you know, the, the occasion of being inside lane stadium on a Thursday night could be the Pittsburgh game in case, you know, that, that feels like, you know, at least in seasons past, they've kind of, you know, broken down Virginia tech. Um, so I would go between those two. I love that. Getting a little creative on the, uh, on the West Virginia front. Which game do we pull out the all maroon everything throwbacks? Ooh, I would, I, it has to be West Virginia. I feel like it, it just has to be that, that again is the game that everyone is circling. It's a Thursday night. It's going to be prime time on ESPN. You got to pull out everything at your disposal to make an impression on everyone around the country that Virginia tech is back. What's a better way than pulling out all maroon, everything. And we need the darker shade of maroon jerseys. If you watch the military, not the military bowl, the pinstripe bowl, you saw that there's a slight discrepancy with Nike and their maroon uniforms and how our helmets appear to be a lot darker than the uniform. So maybe we'll see a little bit of a wrinkle in that as well, but either way, uh, hopefully we can see some throwbacks this year game where we rock the icy all white uniforms on the road this year on the road. I'm going to say, I'm going to say NC state. I feel like that's again, like another time Thursday night, they're going to, they're going to pull out all the stops. And I think, you know, recruits love the all white. 
I know fans are kind of divided on it, but I could see that being the game that they go with the all whites. And that could be a game where NC state does a blackout game too. So, you know, we have a, uh, it'd be pretty sweet. Um, Let's see. Matei, you've already been saying this one, the game that everyone comes back into town for we're circling West Virginia. You know, it's early in the year. We're in January right now. Take some PTO for October, you know, um, but I'm assuming that if if you're not coming back for West Virginia, you're coming back for Miami on October 15th. Okay, here's a good one. Game where I convince myself we are winning the ACC. I think it has to be probably against Pittsburgh. If If Virginia Tech goes to UNC, beats UNC, after, you know, they get a little bit more rest after the Thursday night against West Virginia, and then they're traveling on the road again to Pittsburgh. Maybe Kendon Slowis isn't, you know, the quarterback of Kenny Pickett's stature. They win that one. All of a sudden, you know, they beat Boston College, beat UNC, beat Pitt, 3-0 and in the ACC playing Miami. It's got to be that pit game that you feel real good, especially staring down the schedule where you have Miami, NC State, and then, you know, an easier time against Georgia Tech, Duke, and UVA to close out the year. <laughs> and I'll probably fool myself again like I did last year. I mean, most of us who walked out of the stadium on September 3rd after beating Carolina probably thought we were going to win the ACC last year. Um, so, if we run it up on Boston College on September 10th, I will not fool myself. Um, can't get fooled again. <laughs> uh, game where I convince myself we are the worst team in the ACC. <laughs> it's got to be Miami for, for the same reasons. If everything that I just said goes the opposite <laughs> direction and they lose to Boston College, they lose to West Virginia, they lose to UNC and Pitt and then Miami – what is there? What is there left? It's the Commonwealth Cup, and that's pretty much it. So that's probably that game where you have a long open week following it. If you're coming off a loss, you're thinking extra hard at what went wrong. Um, I just hope that the pitchforks are put down for this year. Um, but that's probably the one if if it's worst case scenario. <laughs> so, um, so looking at this year. It's a it's a clean slate. It's a blank slate right now. What would you say are fair expectations for year one of the Brent Pry era? Well, okay, I guess let me rephrase that. What are fair expectations? And then what is your unofficial prediction? I know you you've only had a little bit of time to dig into the schedule. We don't need to, you know, put any stamps on this, but the first glance. You know, at at first glance, I think this looks like a seven and five type of year. And again, like you're bringing in a head coach for a reason. You're trying to restructure the program, retool. Um, You're implementing all new concepts. Like the offense is going to be completely different than what it was last year. Less jet sweeps, uh, which a lot of fans will love. But, you know, overall it's about you're using old personnel mostly to run the scheme of the future. And sometimes there's a disconnect. Sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes players aren't fully bought in. Um, And and there's a lot of downsides for a first year head coach. I I know they did well and they stocked up the quarterback room, 
And I'm excited about the quarterbacks that are coming to Virginia Tech. I'm excited to see who wins that competition. And I think there, you know, there still are some pieces on offense and defense to get things done. Uh, I don't think it's, you know, you're playing in the ACC Coastal. There's a lot of other teams that have huge question marks. You're even looking at Pitt, the returning, you know, Coastal champ. And they got to replace a Heisman contender. You got UNC that has to replace, you know, a first round NFL quarterback. Uh, Miami is bringing in a new head coach. And all the things I said about Virginia Tech are true with Miami. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of opportunity in all the chaos, and I think it's going to be a wild year. Um, but I think the safe prediction for me right now is seven and five. Um, and I think worst case scenario, and I know like technically worst case scenario is zero and 12, but I, I think it would be like five and seven. So, um, watch Virginia tech finish six and six, but you know, this is year one. There's going to be a lot of growing pains that come along with it. I don't love that one stretch that we talked about those four games, but overall, I, I think it is a very winnable schedule, especially in the beginning and late in the year. I, I see no reason that Virginia Tech should not make a bowl game. I'm with you there, Matei. I'm looking at the schedule, and I think seven and five is is kind of what I'm what I'm envisioning. And if we go six and six, I'm not going to be unhappy. And if we go five and seven, you know, might, I'm sure the ball is not going to bounce our way every single Saturday, but um, you know, you have to give coach pry some breathing room here and you have to give him some rope, um, cut him some slack. It is year one. And the roster right now um, has a lot of holes in it. There's not a lot of depth and there are some, some more parts of the roster that need some, Uh, addressing seven and five for me uh, would be awesome. It's, it's about time that we have a Virginia tech football team overachieve just one year. And maybe we're going to have a Shane Beamer type year. Like he did at South Carolina last year. Um, You know, they, they won seven games and looked great in the bowl game um, in Charlotte there. So I'm excited. I think the schedule release is always a lot of fun um, just to kind of finally be able to put some dates next to those open uh, open dates on the Hokie sports or FBS schedules.com or what have you. We could actually um, have some, some validation there, but Matei love when you come on my friend uh, before we let you go, we got to know the VT scoop. Um, so just give us, any relevant information, uh, you know, if, if you're a Hokie fan checking in on recruiting, want to know about the 2023 class, you know, a lot of cool things happened in Blacksburg this past weekend. Um, you know, just kind of give us high level. What were the biggest takeaways and uh, what could we look forward to here over the next few weeks? Yeah, I, I was very impressed with the feedback that we gathered about junior day and just how the staff has assembled. And I know it was a lot of chaos and there is a lot of, you know, people that were in place, but not in Blacksburg kind of figuring out, you know, their exit strategy with their specific teams. Um, But the staff is fully formed. They all came together. They hosted a ton of recruits. All the recruits are loving what they're seeing out of Virginia tech right now. And I know it's early on, there's a lot of energy Um, But the staff has done everything right. They've checked off all the boxes. 
Um, in, in terms of the junior day itself, uh, you know, all the coaches were, were present and available and talking to everyone. Uh, you know, it was an open door policy. They showed pretty much everything, facility tours, um, the new lounge, everything. So there was, a, again, a ton of great feedback. I think the coaches around Virginia especially are very excited about the staff. And building those relationships are going very well right now. And, you know, we'll see what happens when, when recruits are a bit more pressured, when, you know, they're deciding between two schools right now, you're going to like everything that you see. You're going to like everything that you hear. You're going to want to see it in action. The coaches are saying the right things. They're showing the right stuff. And so far, pretty much everyone that has been in contact with Virginia Tech is holding them in high regard which is a great sign. Um, don't love that there is zero commitments. I'm going to say that. I, I know there hasn't been for a while, um, even under the old staff, but um, I, I think it would be great to see this staff start to build the class, start to get some corner pieces, um, get some guys in the boat early on before the season starts. And I think, you know, for, for right now, they're doing a good job of evaluating guys. They're getting a lot of you know, good, talented people that you may look on 24-7 sports, you know, they're not evaluated yet. They may not have a profile picture, but they're good ball players. And, you know, coaches in Virginia want to see them go to Virginia Tech. So they're doing all the right things right now. And, you know, I'm excited about the feedback that I've been hearing. Matei, I'm going to ask you one more question. You, I'm sure you saw the videos and the pictures of the new uh, Sangani Players Lounge. Are you are you playing? Um, are you playing video games? Are you you know what what is what is the Matasis preferred game uh, that has been shown on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, the new Players Lounge? For me, it's got to be the. Uh, the bat, the dual I was, basketball thing. I was just about to say <laughs> the basketball game. I was even playing that this weekend, and it is one of the most fun games. It's I get super competitive, but you know, the entire lounge in general is just it's state of the art. It can fit so many people, and just an imagining, you know, it's a it's a Sunday. You're watching NFL games with you know your fellow teammates. You're getting an order of cheetah wings from PKs. You're you're watching Red Zone with everyone around you. Guys are shooting basketball hoops. Guys are going and playing Madden, you know, elsewhere. But, you know, just a, an area that's so engaging in terms of, like, all the things you're able to do. You can take your mind off the game of football if you want to. And just having all those guys around, I think, just it, it further builds that brotherhood that, you know, exists within teams and it's so, it's so important, so crucial. And, you know, it, it's nice to see, you know, in 2022 when it's unveiled, you know, it's just, it's top of the line type of stuff. And again, all the recruits loved it. All the players love it. They're enjoying it so far. Um, but yeah, you can find me playing on that dual basketball game, trying to, trying to set the high score. They uh, they said, hey, we don't have David Busters in Christiansburg, so we're bringing it to Beamer Way. And there we go. 
Love it. Love it. All right, Mateo, we're going to do some sharky shout outs. Anything you want to plug, anything you got going on, uh, here is your opportunity for some sharky shout outs. Yeah, just come check us out at VT Scoop. Uh, we have a ton, a ton of updates about junior days. We're, we're rolling through some interviews right now. Uh, we have a bunch more to get through. Um, you know, shout out Evan G. Watkins as always. Um, check him out on Twitter. Check him out on the board. And just shout out to everyone. I know off season, it can be a bit slow. That's why the schedule release is so cool because, you know, it makes you feel like you're part of the season again, uh, even though it's so far away, but yeah, just shout out everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can jump back on here uh, to preview the season or, or come on for a game preview or something. It's always a blast being on here. Absolutely. We'll, we'll get you back on. We'll do, we'll do maybe a, uh, a check-in on the class of 2023 if we get some guys here over the next few months and then uh, maybe like a little season preview. And yeah, we got a, we got a lot of good stuff coming, coming out uh, in 2022. All right, Mate, we'll appreciate you. And uh, until next time, thanks for joining us. Mate Sis from 24-7 Sports VT Scoop. We'll see you next time. to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head and all that she said is oh i know just what you're thinking Take a hit, it started